Well, it's, it's quite a challenge this morning, and I was sitting here processing everything as it was happening in the service, and I don't know, for some reason, as I was putting the service together, I, I may not have fully uh, understood all the elements, and it kind of hit me like a thud when you said uh, Herodias had asked for John's head, and the kids went, <gasps> yeah. and then Adam came up and sang about hell and the cross, and I was like, Oh, Jesus. So I started making notes and I was like, okay, I got to hook this up somehow and connect these, connect these peoples, we, we, these parts. We got heads on plates and the devil and hell and, and whoo, Lord, a task is a little great this morning. That's all right. That's all right. I do want to start out talking about uh, Herod and this fact that Herod did indeed like and had reverence for, and showed grace for John the Baptist. And did not want to kill John the Baptist, even after John the Baptist had told Herod, you cannot marry your brother's wife. That's something you just shouldn't do. And so the wife, Herodias, got really upset about that. And she decided that she was going to use her power and use what she knew at some point or another to have John the Baptist taken out. Now, we can look at this story and say, oh my gosh, look at how bad Herodias is. We can look at this story and say, look at how bad Herod is. But has somebody ever told you something that you shouldn't do or told you something you didn't like? And if you had Herodias' power, what choice would you have made? If you had the ability to silence your enemies, to silence people that say things that you don't like, what choice would you make? We're not ready. You said we're not ready. We're not ready. We're not ready for that kind of power yet. And still, Herod had this power. Herod had this ability. And then to make matters even worse, this is kind of like a footnote on this one. It was his um, stepdaughter that was dancing for him that convinced him that he needed to kill John the Baptist. It's a little warped and twisted too. And so Herod chose, he made a choice to use his power, to abuse his power, and to take out somebody that he had respect for all because somebody else didn't agree with what was said. It's not just on Herod, it's also on Herodias. It's also on everybody that was present and colluded, if I can use that word in this day and time, to make this particular choice to have John the Baptist beheaded. Now, as Joshua mentioned, this story happens after Jesus has sent out the apostles. But what I want us to think about today is even though we have been sent and Jesus has sent us out, how do we find ourselves facing the same choices in everyday life as Herod? Where are we choosing to do the wrong thing instead of choosing to do the right thing. Every day we have choices we have to make. 
Adam sang about it in his song. This is my hookup part. I'm bringing it in. See, I told you. I'm trying to curl it around. He sang about it in his song. Choosing hate, choosing division, choosing to destroy people on Facebook, choosing to not tweet people as we like to be tweeted, choosing to create divisions. And let's not even take it at that level. What about in our families? What choices have we made in our families that actually bring about death and that do not bring about life? What choices have we made up on our job that bring about death and that don't bring about life? Each day we are faced with choices we can make to heal and to help and to bring life and not to bring death as Herod chose to do for John the Baptist. What can help us in making these choices is something that is quite clear uh, to me that is found uh, in our scripture today. It is a matter of us choosing God. I know that sounds really simple and that sounds really easy. It is a matter of us choosing God, a matter of us choosing God's grace. When we look to our second scripture today in Ephesians, one of the things that, have, that is said is that God has lavished God's grace on us. And some have referred to this as prevenient grace. It is grace that precedes or comes before. Now, I don't mean to bust any religious bubbles, but you were covered before you professed Jesus as your Lord and Savior. This is where people get all twisted. We were, we're worried about what God is going to do later, but God has already done something before, and God is doing something now and is going to do something later. When we talk about making a choice or making a profession, to me, a profession is just like when somebody says, I love you. Has someone ever said that to you? And you said, well, you sure don't act like it. My point is, everybody that say they are saved, everybody that says they believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, show don't act like it. So God has put in a little plan to help those who don't act like it, to help those who haven't professed, and to help those who have professed and act like it. It's something called provenient grace. When you were born, there was grace. When you were screwing up, there was grace. When you made that fake profession out of your mouth, there was grace. When you had to work towards fully understanding who Jesus is and what your faith is about and how you should live and how not to make Herod-type choices, there was grace. You have been covered from the beginning. Now the choice is, will you choose grace? It is God's love coming to us. Jacob Arimineus says, and this was in 15, he was lived from 1560 to 1609. He says, concerning grace and free will, this is what I teach according to the scriptures and orthodox cons consent. Free will is unable to begin 
or to perfect any true or spiritual good without grace. This grace goes before, it accompanies, and it follows, it excites, assess, operates, that we will and cooperate least we will in vain. My point here is we can choose grace when we are posed with a choice that could help us feel better about how we've been wronged, that can help us act on those feelings of hate or dislike. Instead, what we can do is choose grace. According to John Wesley's, it's been said that God's grace enables us to discern differences between good and evil and makes it possible for us to choose good. God takes the initiative in relating to humanity. We do not have to beg and plead for God's love and grace. God actively seeks us. So, in the midst of trying to figure out what to do with the relative that won't cooperate, in the midst of trying to figure out what to do with the boss that does not want to honor and respect your work, in the midst of trying to deal with family members who want to tell you that you need to get out of that relationship, in the midst of having to deal with people that say, you don't go to no real church, in the midst of having to deal, yeah, I said it, in the midst of having to deal with all of that, how do you choose grace? Relationship with God. Instead of slapping somebody down, what if we chose to say, God, I know you want to be in relationship with me. I seek relationship with you so that I don't have to mow them down. I choose grace. I choose to love you, God, as I am being disliked and disproven and hated on over here. I choose grace in order that I may show them grace. In him, Cindy read, in him, in God, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of God's grace that God lavished on us. I chose this, the uh, common English Bible version because it said lavished. The New Revised Standard said gave or bestowed, but I like lavished. God's grace that was lavished on us. I'll tell you a little bit of my own personal theology, and you can disagree with it if you want to. It's okay. It's, we can disagree here. That's fine. You talk to me about it at the potluck over some guacamole. But you know, there are a lot of progressive Christians who want to get away from talking a lot about the blood. And I understand that, 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 that there is something to that to say, oh, well, God sent his son to die and the blood and this, and God set all this up. That's a little weird. That's a little odd. I understand the argument for that. But when I'm talking to other people who still believe in the blood, people who want to try to tell people about not doing this sin and not doing that sin and don't do this sin and don't eat that and don't eat this, what I try to explain to them is, if you really, really believe in the blood, 
if the blood really has the power you believe in, why are you worried about what everybody else is doing? If as, if as Adam said, meanwhile, back at the cross, grace was being issued out, if you believe that meanwhile, back at the cross, the right thing was happening, that God was correcting all the wrong that happened, if you believe that meanwhile, back at the cross, grace was pouring out, then that means you don't have time to be worried about how other people are living. What you have time to worry about is how you are going to choose grace. What you have time to worry about is how you are going to choose God so that you can show that love and that grace that you profess came through that cross. If the blood has not lost its power, then get out of folks' life and their business and start choosing grace, the grace of God. I say to you in closing, choose grace. Choose grace with your rebellious children. Choose grace when you know they discriminated and decided not to give you that job. Choose grace the next time you have to get into a political argument. God loves them to choose grace. Choose grace the next time you know they were supposed to wash them dishes before they went to bed. Choose grace. Choose grace the next time they cuss you out. Choose grace. We laugh, we laugh, but we all know we got some Herod in us. And when the folks do it to us, we want to do it back bigger and better. Some of y'all got a whole lot of power and you use it freely every day of the week. I'm talking to you. It's time to use that power and to choose grace. Choose to love as God has loved you and love them. You ain't done nothing special to get God's love. They haven't either. And if he can love them, if she can love them, if God can love them, so can we. Let us choose grace. Amen.